0: We're back, and I'm pleased to say uh, we are continuing this important conversation, very timely conversation, with Lieutenant General Rod Bishop, a former senior officer in the United States Air Force. Um, General, you have started to warn us about, um, among other things, this idea that um, vaccine mandates can be imposed on the armed forces uh, without impact on the men and women serving in uniform. Um, explain why that's of concern.
1: Well, let me begin by saying, Frank, that uh, you know I'm a former seven-time commander, and I was always out in front saying, look, we've got to get a shot, be it the flu shot or the anthrax before we went into Iraq, because it's the first element in force protection. But I'm also a common sense kind of guy. And in this particular case, there's a lot of things that just don't add up. Uh, so first and foremost, I would say that you know the, the basics of the Hippocratic Oath is to do no harm, and we need more explanation about that Department of Defense medical database. I'm sure you've seen Senator Johnson's hearing or panel on that, and so either the Defense Department lost complete control of the database for four or five years as they now claim, or the sworn uh, affidavits of three DOD lawyers, two of whom are lieutenant colonels saying, look, uh, we're seeing a lot of uh, adverse effects from these shots way out of whack with the last four or five years worth of data. That needs to be explained, I think, before we start mandating that people put things in their bodies because we know uh, that there are, are a lot of harmful effects. Even the VAERS database, which is uh, all volunteer, has more adverse reactions to the COVID vaccine than all other vaccines since 1990. So that's that's makes yeah something's wrong there. Secondly, DOD has not recognized natural immunity. There's 150 positive studies that show natural immunity is the gold standard. I mean, I didn't get vaccinated against the mumps and the measles because I had them. So people have had COVID. Why do we want to spike their proteins even higher? So that's number two. <clears throat> number three, you know, the, the, vac- the disease has moved on. We, we've seen that the vaccine doesn't have, didn't have very good effect against Omicron. In fact, there's a growing body of evidence there that says if you had been vaccinated, it may have even increased your chances of getting Omicron. So and then finally, number four. I mean, there's a number of federal rulings that have said, "DoD, what you're doing is wrong." Um, The approved FDA-approved vaccine is Comirnaty. It doesn't exist in the United States, and so basically, you potentially are violating the Nuremberg Code here for experimentation.
0: Yeah, to to say nothing of ignoring servicemen and women's right to. Uh, wave out of this uh, on the grounds of religious, uh, you know, belief. All of these things are really concerning, general, especially when you put them together with the ones that we talked about earlier. And and I know this is probably a question that's subjective and and somewhat anecdotal too. But knowing as a commander how important unit cohesion is, uh, the confidence of uh, subordinates in their leaders, uh, the degree to which the laws or orders, for that matter, are, are lawful. I mean, these are all considerations that would seem to be highly corrosive to good order and discipline, to unit cohesion, to readiness, and ultimately to deterrence of our adversaries. Would you agree?
1: Could not agree more. I, I think I probably sh- said on your show previously that Clausewitz taught us that the moral factor is to the physical. In other words, that unit cohesion is to the in this in today's day and age, the planes, the tanks, and the bullets <clears throat> as three is to one. I mean, it's just so important. And all of these things, I believe. I, in fact, I mean, I've been told. Uh, firsthand by members of the military are striking a knife right into the heart of unit cohesiveness. That's
0: yeah. which is terrifying. Again, is it coming at a time when uh, it's the only military we have and we darn well may need it big time uh, in this dangerous world of ours. General, let me quickly turn to one particular theater of uh, what I call the war for the free world in which you have a lot of experience having commanded in Europe, as I mentioned, Ukraine. Um, Give us your thoughts on what's going on there. Uh, You, I gather, saw some of these problems coming a long time ago. um, And what should we be doing about it?
1: Well, I think a good part of that question, Frank, goes to what we should have done sooner. Uh, We struggled with this issue in 2006, when uh, I was Air Commander Europe. And my first day in command, I asked the 1,300-person staff that I had, what are the top 10 things that should keep us awake at night? The number one thing they came back with was Russia in- invading Ukraine. There are two parts of follow-on questions. Okay, so if Russia invades Ukraine, we have three fighter wings here in Europe. What are we going to do with them? And is it worth putting our kids who are going to Ramstein High School and about to ready to graduate next year, their life's on the line to defend that? And the conclusions we came back with then are very similar to where we are today as a nation, I think. Although when you consider, I mean, what what we envisioned, we didn't see us using those fighter wings except in a deterrence mode. But we saw a much more aggressive whole-of-nation deterrence taking place sooner. And we reasoned that we didn't have any politicians on the staff, but we reasoned that Ukraine was not a member of NATO when the so, former Soviet republics all did become a part of NATO in the late 1900s and the early 2000s, because prom, prom, primarily of Article 5 and the commitment that we would have to uh, go to their defense. So if, if that's the case, then we need to deter and deter in the biggest way possible. So when you take into consideration on November 10th that our nation signed with Ukraine uh, an article that <laughs> basically says, uh, for full integration into European and Euro-Atlantic institutions. That's that's what we and the Ukrainians agreed to.
0: General, we have to pause at that point, sir, for the moment. We're going to come back to you, though, for a longer conversation about uh, Ukraine and what's flowed from Russia's invasion of it. But for the moment, let me just say thank you for what you have done in the service of our country to date, uh, both in uniform and now leading this terrific organization, STARS. I hope people will check out your website. Give it to us very quickly, if you would, sir.
1: STARS, S-T-A-R-R-S dot U-S. Yes, please come
0: and uh, join the fight. Thank you very much for being with us uh, for this edition of Securing America. Come back to us again tomorrow and then go forth and multiply.